Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. In this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. We are joined, joined, special guest today. He's been on the show multiple times. He's a, he's a firecracker. I think this is the first time we've had him back since his championship loss in fantasy football. That's not even a dig. It's actually a kudos to him, and especially because he might have had the best draft pick in the draft. And I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's a wide receiver week, so you know who we'll be talking about. Thomas, how are you doing today? Doing good, boys. How how we doing? Ethan, you holding it down out in Cali? I am holding it down out in California, preparing for the fantasy football season to come, as that it'll be very important. Wits, how we doing today? Uh, doing great. The Bucks finally pulled through on an NBA championship. I don't know if you're going to play the clip from uh, about a month and a half ago, but there was talks that it could be done, and we're sitting here uh, with the Bucks as NBA champ. I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, we will get into the Bucks. We've got wide receiver rankings, which is usually like the last big fun one. We do tight end rankings next week, but that's a pretty quick list. Tough list. Tough list, I'm saying. Tight ends are tough to figure out. Um, but before that, I have to let you know, July is underway and a great month for sports. If you're not in sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win more money and do it today. With the NBA Finals ending and MLB heading into the second half of the season, there's plenty of action to get involved with. If you bet the Suns like I did last night, you got fucked. It's okay. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. We have a couple from Bet Online. They want to give our pick at the end of this ad read, so we'll be giving you our picks to base your picks on. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50th or 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-offs, Tip off, face off, or pitch. Head on over to betonline.com and start playing today. It's definitely betonline.ag, but fuck it. Um, Thomas, Xander, they gave us two bets we need to make. I will tell you the first one. Odds for the 2021 NFL MVP. Mahomes plus 350. Josh Allen plus 900. Brady, 1400. Matt Stafford, 1400. Aaron Rodgers, 1600. I need both of you guys to uh, tell me where you're putting your money. Out of that list of names, I would go Josh Allen. Nine plus nine hundred, not not too bad, not too shabby. Wits, I know you're a value guy. Interesting, Matt Stafford's the fourth on this list, actually tied with Tom Brady for third. Yeah, I think Matt Stafford should be number ten. I actually agree with Tom here. I think Josh Allen at plus nine hundred. Um, I think you're getting some value there, especially with this up team. I like the bet. 
Well, I think you both are wrong, and Aaron Rodgers will look great in green and gold, and he looks especially great at plus 1,600. Give it to me. If he's the fifth option on the board, I'm going to take it every time. Second bet from betonline.ag. Well, they just gave me two different placards. So there is no second bet. You heard it here first. Wits, let's not dilly-dally. There was a championship last night. Let's talk about the championship. Um, the Bucks won four in a row. Four in a row. Sun's up 2 nothing. The hottest team in the NBA playoffs look like they're going to be cruising through. They look like Thomas headed into the or into the fantasy football championship, ready to cruise to a W, and the Bucks win four. And you're right, there was a clip earlier where I was shitting on them, but I have plenty of clips with you shitting on them. You did pick. You were like, hey, no one's talking about them. They'll win. I'll give you that credit. Everyone talks shit on the Bucks. They shut me up, regardless of betting purposes, no matter how much money I lose the rest of my life on the Milwaukee Bucks. There's not much I can say. Giannis was an MVP. One of the best closeout games in NBA history. He closed out with 50 points. Yeah, it was an unbelievable going, Roz. Um, you take a look at this team through, you know, the start of that series when it looked like they were going to get clobbered without Harden and and you know you take a look at what they did this playoffs. I feel I think they really started playing their best basketball after they got down 2-0 in the finals. I mean, one of my biggest beefs with Giannis was that he's a great player, but he didn't really play the best brand of team basketball. Um, you know, in terms of shooting too many threes, not passing enough, and I think you might have heard what I was saying because the way that the Bucks played the rest of the series after they were down 2-0. I mean, it was spectacular. Um, you got some great efforts sprinkled in from Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and even Bobby Portis, um, 16 points in, in game six. Truly unbelievable effort by the whole team. And, you know, with a coach that I thought was, was pretty shitty throughout the entire season and playoffs and Mike Budenholzer. But you got to give them a lot of credit, Roz. They really stepped up. Um, Giannis you look at the list of accolades now with an NBA championship and finals all, MVP. All at only 26 years old. At 26 years old. Um, the funny take is that, you know, we were one, one KD shoe size away from this not being a conversation, but here we are. Uh, Giannis does it 50 points. It, it was one of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen. And it's, it's cool to see any team win a championship but especially the Bucks and Giannis, and you saw the emotion after the game was over. So it was, a, it was an unbelievable effort, great series. Uh, dumping on Chris Paul <laughs> began on Twitter right after the game. So, you know, in terms of what it was like for me, I thought it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested to hear what Tommy thinks about this whole Bucks situation. I would like to echo a lot of what you said, Xander, because it was great. In – the day and age that we're in with all the flopping and all the BS and all the divaness that goes on in the NBA, Giannis is the perfect guy to have that happen to. I mean, did you see how many times he would get fouled going to the rim yesterday? It's insane. He is like a – he's literally like Derrick Henry out there running through, like, tackles trying to get to the, the rim. It's incredible. The only reason I'm not as happy as, like, I – Normally it would be is because it's a team from Wisconsin, so fuck them. Um, the wrong team from Wisconsin. <laughs> but no, it was great. I you know who's a dog, Drew Drew Holiday, absolute dog. 
he may not show up in the stat line every night, and you may crucify him for some games that he didn't show up this this finals. But do you see he led the playoffs in plus minus? I I mean defensively yeah. he's sound. I mean that and yeah Booker he he did he did quite a number on Booker last night. Yeah, it yeah. Was... I wonder. Uh, I wonder if uh, Devin Booker when he got home had to pull him out of his pocket finally. <laughs> he was literally in his pocket the entire game. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that you get with a guy like Drew Holiday, who there there were some questionable offensive efforts by him, but one thing you always got was a hard nosed defender. He's a first team All NBA defensive guy, along with Giannis. And then you know when you look at the entire picture, you know it's great to see a team really you know grown from the ground up. I mean, Giannis, Chris Middleton have been teammates for the last seven years. They were both drafted by the Bucks, And, you know, a great tweet I saw out there, you don't always need a lottery pick to make a championship team. I mean, you look at the top, you know, the top three guys in that team, none of them were picked above pick number 15, looking at Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. So to see a team do that really from the ground up, and Giannis even said it himself, I could have gone a lot of places and, and made a super team with a lot of different people. But I didn't, you know. I stayed here. I stuck it out, and here we are. So it was, uh, it was, it was just cool to see. It was nice to see a guy who's gotten so much shit, um, you know, over the past couple months. And I, I thought was going to be out for a year, at least, with that hyperextended knee. And here we are. They're NBA champions, and uh, yeah, something, something they can never take away from. Them. So you wanna, was, uh, and you want to talk about that Giannis draft? Probably one of the craziest things of all time. There is only one player taken before Giannis that has been on an all-NBA team and made two all-star games, and that was Victor Oladipo, oddly enough. He was taken with the second pick. That draft was led by Anthony Bennett at the one, Otto Porter at the three, <laughs> Cody Zeller at the four, Alex Len at the five, Nerlens Noel at the six, Ben McLemore at the seven, Contavious Caldwell-Pope at the eight, who's actually the only champion outside of Giannis on there, but he was on that Lakers team last year. Trey Burke, nine. C.J. McCollum at 10, interesting argument, I think, to be made there that C.J. McCollum isn't as hyped as he, his scoring totals have been. If you look at his career stat line as well as his contribution to a team, nowhere near the likes of Giannis, obviously. Steven Adams, Kelly Olenek, and Shabazz Muhammad wrap out the picks in front of him, and then Giannis at 15 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Pretty incredible that Anthony Bennett was the 1-1 the year Giannis Antetokounmpo came into the NBA. Yeah, and who I the think, Bulls, who the Bulls take in that draft? Just curious. The Bulls took. They were not in the. Where was are that? They? Was that the Marcus Teague pick? And no, it was Tony Snell with the twentieth pick. Nice. Sorry, yeah. that was random. No, I I, I agree. I just want I wanted to see what the Bulls were at too. I mean, if you're a Bulls fan, it's got to hurt watching Bobby Portis be one of the biggest contributors of last night's clinching game. So, it did hurt, and also, um, I think Cameron Payne played. Pretty well. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's tough to see all these these Bulls guys doing it on the big stage. That that wasn't a bull. That that wasn't Cameron Payne from the Bulls. That was a different Cameron Payne. We we <laughs> got we got a different. We got sold a bill of bag of, a bag of goods because the Cameron Payne that was on the Bulls was not the Cameron Payne you saw the last month or so. Yeah, no, I agree. Not at all. And I think one of the one of the funniest things I saw on Twitter um, was PJ Tucker. And it said he, he took out all of his former teammates. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> uh, you know, looking at Trevor Ariza with the Heat, 
then taking down James Harden with the Nets, Clint Capella with the Hawks, and then Chris Paul with the Suns. Um, and that's another feel-good story. I mean, P.J. Tucker has been, you know, bounced around the entire league, um, you know, has played overseas, has had a, a long career. I think you consider him kind of a journeyman. So it, it's cool to see guys like him, um, you know, other role players like Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, guys who have never won a title before. Um, it was just a, it was an overall great effort. I'm just, I'm happy about it. Not even as a Bucks fan. All, all the Antetokounmpo brothers have uh, a finals now. Three Antetokounmpo rings in the last two years. <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. Uh, not bad, not bad for the mom of that family, huh? No, the Antetokounmpo family has more rings than Kevin Durant does. Just pushed out a couple, three NBA champions. Yeah, Kevin Durant, who doesn't want to be compared to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Should, there should be some shade slid in the KD direction. It looks way cuter being the fifth pick for a Milwaukee Bucks small market team where you're teammates with Chris Middleton for eight-plus years, which hasn't been done in the NBA, uh, in recent NBA. And then you look at KD, went to a championship team to win with the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to leave that sauce packet unopened or closed, however you want it to be laid. Uh, I know you love your sauce, Tom. Um, the sauce, boss. Bucks are the NBA champions. I was wrong. I think uh, gambling issues led to my haste when it came to the Bucks. Congrats, Wits. Big, big congrats, Wits. Yourself, man. You still did shit on them. I hope they pull those clips up eventually. Uh, 2022 NBA season. We're excited about it. Wits became an NBA fan this summer. I think the NBA is trending in the right direction. I did find the second one bet online wants us to bet on. So if you have not bet yet, go get your 50% deposit bonus, go to betonline.ag. Where will Damian Lillard play next? If traded, we got the Knicks plus 150, 76ers plus 225, Warriors plus 600, Heat plus 650. Clippers and Lakers plus 750, Celtics, Mavs plus 900, and the Raptors rounding out at plus 1,200. Where do we see Damian Lillard going? You can start by saying you don't think he's going to leave, but if you say he's leaving, you got to give me one of these teams and where you'd put your money on him. Yeah, so, Roz, out of all those teams, I think I might have to go with the 76ers. And I think, you know, Damian Lillard, Still going to give him the opportunity to control the floor. I mean, I know Joel Embiid is the focal point of that offense. But, you know, in terms of getting on a team that I think could, could make a run, could win next year, adding Damian Lillard, I'd, I'd have to choose him over a team like the Knicks, where I, I don't think he really puts them over the edge. I mean, they're so, so poor on the offensive end. I love the team, but I, I think the 76ers would give him a good shot to win a title and still be a huge part of the offense there. Tommy? Um, kind of upset that the Bulls aren't on that list. But they, I digress. There's, there's, will, they don't have anything to – one isn't the space <laughs> with Kobe White, and there really isn't much for them to get rid of. Zach, Le, You wouldn't trade Zach Levine for Damian Lillard. No, no, no. It was, it was, it was a joke. Just fair, the Bulls. Fair. The Bulls. Um, I would probably – did you put – the Clippers were on there, yeah? The Clippers were plus 750, yes. I would, I'm going to take the Clippers. Uh, For no, I, no, 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 uh, <laughs> no logic like Xander had. Just, that's my gut feeling. I don't know. The sexiest options are the two LA teams, right? They could use a point guard of his caliber. I mean, pairing, you have the potential loss of Kawhi Leonard also this summer, but then you also could pair 
Damian Lillard with LeBron and AD. I mean, they could use what one Dennis Schroeder way better as a second option point guard, in my opinion, Damian Lillard, another scoring threat. It seemed at times this Lakers team just could not score this past season. I think Lillard's kind of the answer there. I would go Lakers plus 750. I think it's crazy that it's that high. I don't see the Knicks being the location. I don't see the Warriors being the location. Um, Sixers would be interesting. You could do the Ben Simmons swap. That would totally derail the Portland Trail Blazers. But I think that, I think the 76ers are an interesting option for Damian Lillard. Um, Let's move on from the NBA. Again, congrats, Milwaukee Bucks. We look forward to the 2022 season. We will have conversations, I'm sure, along the way. I'm sure that the news of NBA free agency will ramp up. There's two seasons in the NBA. It's the playoffs and free agency. Um, so we're going to get to that short or shortly. Um, let's do it. Fantasy wide receivers. We have Tommy on with us this time because Tommy can listen to us here live instead of having to play back the episode to find – who he needs to pick in fantasy this year. Um, can I throw a subtle subtle dig at you, Roz? Go ahead. Absolutely. No, no subtle um, digs. No subtle digs here. Give me the full dig. Okay, fine. Pull out your shovel. Pull out your shovel. <laughs> pull a little okay, step well, brothers. I'm pulling, I'm pulling out my shovel and I'm going to say, do you want me and uh, Xander to talk about this stuff and you just stay silent because we've been in the championship in fantasy? Um. Well, there's there's the dig and you haven't the dig in its own right i might not have been in the championship game but thomas <laughs> but thomas it doesn't you do not equate yourself to the level of xander who's a champion who i still barely give any credit for because i've seen guys like a fucking kenny smith win a championship and people like charles barkley have not right there think about last night thomas <laughs> Fantas Antetokounmpo, you didn't. <laughs> didn't get a minute last night, and he's a champion now. Costas Antetokounmpo didn't get a minute. Thanasis, because he he was on COVID. That's fine. He didn't get a minute, but he's a champion. Unbelievable. Charles Barkley's not a champion, but he's a Hall of Famer, and that's good, what I'm. Good try. That's what I'm going to be at the good end try. of the day. Good try. Good Thomas, try. Thomas, you like, I, I like the effort. Thomas, you haven't won a title either, so your your making to a championship game is only going to take you so far. They won't even recognize you. I mean, how the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all four of them. Um, They've had quite a few documentaries about them, though. Yeah, you a losing documentary. So that's that's. I'm happy to write yours, Tom. I am in there. Don't put nobody's. Um. <laughs> anyways, we're moving on to wide receivers. You got our last week's take on running backs, and two weeks ago you got our takes on quarterbacks, especially Aaron Rodgers, who Thomas rode to the championship game but I think it's this player that Thomas found last year in the sixth round Thomas in the sixth round you took him a snag before Roz had a chance to pick him up Stefan Diggs um led to a great team name you drafted Nick Chubbs as well you were you dig my Chubb it's one of the one of the more classic names uh it's one of the more classic names for a fantasy team um let's start it off Tom we break it down by tiers. I'm looking at the top tier for wide receivers. They've got three names in this top tier. Different than years past. They've got Tariq Hill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. And before you hear me and Xander give you any information, where would you draft these guys? What order would you draft these guys in? And what's your confidence level with each of these? Uh, I, I need you to repeat the first name. I, Tariq Hill. 
Tariq Hill, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs are tier one wide receivers this season. Um, so I mean, this is actually kind of funny I'm on this week's episode because the last two years of fantasy football, last three, I should say, have spent all drafting um, wide receivers in the first round. So I am very well-versed in knowing about you took Nick Chubb's so, last year in the first round. What are you talking about? Okay, yeah, that was the first one. But the first two, other, uh, the other two before that, first two were wide receivers. Um, out of those three, I would say, I think I would go with Stefan Diggs. Um, would you use a first round pick on him? I don't know. That's a reach. That's tough. It depends. What I mean, it depends where you are in, in the in the or. You know, it depends what pick you have, obviously. But you got the, say you get the eighth pick, Tom. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to say exactly, you know, who I would take with what pick, because depending on who picks before me and who's available. Obviously, if I had an eight, eight through ten, eight through twelve type draft selection, I don't see any problem in drafting Stefan Diggs. That guy, I, I, it was the most surefire selection every Sunday, Stefan Diggs, because I don't think there was a week he put up less than 14 points. It was incredible. And let's uh let's give Tommy some credit here. I think some might call him the wide receiver whisperer because out of the f- top four receivers on his team last year, four of them are in the top 16 this year. So you want to talk about a guy <laughs> about wide receiver? Look no further than Tommy G, because looking across the board right now, this was a guy who stole Stefan Diggs, made the pick of the draft, took Justin Jefferson, I believe, in the 10th round. He was a top 10 wide receiver this year. And he also just had Allen Robinson and Julio Jones as well, who round out the top six <laughs> wideouts. So we're talking wideouts, Roz. I think we brought the right man on the show today. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Wide receiver you, baby. I remember getting definitely plucked. The Justin Jefferson one, I remember being devastated by. I'd, I'd done many mock drafts and him being a rookie, seeing him fall way further than he uh, got drafted. And Tom took him in the 10th round. I was like, I can't, I can't reach him there. But turned out to pay dividends for him. And Stefan Diggs was definitely on my target list last year. Thought I could buy another round. Um, but Thomas got him before I had the chance in the sixth round. And it was a sexy, sexy steal. Um, I look at these top three. That's who we're focused on. Devontae Adams. Um, I think it's interesting they have him so high, especially because they have Rodgers so I think that's low. interesting, too. Because it's very contingent on Rodgers. It absolutely is. You've seen it before with receivers. Receivers are very contingent on their quarterback. Um, and Rodgers and Devontae do have that connection. And if Rodgers is there, he could be the number one. He was the number one wide receiver last year. Scored three hundred three. Scored three hundred points in our league. Um, another another to not have your draft too early. Exactly. Like this situations like Cam Akers. It's just you don't. Need and there to draft. are and there are people who probably already drafted Cam Akers, and they're like, oh they my already God. did. I've seen them already. They're crazy. It's just we draft the last Sunday before the Thursday night game. So we've done that every year, and uh, that leaves four days for mistakes. And unless you have Ezekiel Elliott on your team or Antonio Brown, usually you're okay. Um, I think Devontae's worth the first round grab. I think that's for me, how I look at it is if I'm taking a wide receiver in the first round, I need to have that bookend between 
eight, nine, ten, because we're in a ten-team league and it switches right back around. Um, my formula is always drafting a running back first. Um, but if I had to, gun to my head, Devontae Adams would be a first-round option for me. Tariq Hill's interesting. You know, a lot of weapons in Kansas City. I know Tariq Hill puts up numbers, but he, what, he finished 17th last year, Wits? Is that correct? Uh, I don't have those numbers up in front I of thought, me. I thought he did. He finished lower than you thought. Um, actually, I was wrong. He finished second. So I'm wrong. So he finished <laughs> yeah. second. So, so he fin- right. <laughs> Finished second in points, so I, and Diggs obviously third in points. Hence why I'm sure they have them up there as your t- your tier three, especially because they pollute everybody else out the water um, in terms of points. They were at least a full game ahead. Devonte Adams a full three games ahead of the fourth place receiver. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. Again, a lot of weapons in Kansas City. They continue to add weapons. I'm always hesitant about Tree Kill. Uh, Devonte Adams to me is the number one and Stefan Diggs what I wanted to say about him potential regression year you know he put up a shit ton of points I think he's going to be a very valuable wide receiver to a team but he could hurt you if you take him in the first round I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers they bring in Emmanuel Sanders again more options than there were before and I think it uh I know sometimes that does help a wide receiver but in this case, I think you're the one talking about a regression from Josh Allen. I'm talking about a regression from Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to take the guy that neither of you guys, I think, seem to think is the number one. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill, um, you know, in terms of opportunities, what he's done in the past. I mean, first of all, there's, there's nothing to be said to have the best quarterback in the league throwing you the ball. And with a guy who's got that much speed and talent, I mean, Tyreek Hill is – guy who could put up 200 yards and two touchdowns every week and then you look at um, a lot of the other parts of that offense that I think really complement his game I mean you've got probably I would say the best tight end in football right now and Travis Kelsey and then you got guys like Nicole Hardman Demarcus Robinson Byron Pringle guys who really aren't going to steal the spotlight from Tyreek Hill and he's going to have opportunities every week um, as you know that the Chiefs are going to throw the ball so in terms of a number, number one opportunities wise I have to go Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. He's a, he's a question mark for me right now. I mean, there's no doubt that he's a top three receiver in the league, but Jordan loves under center. That definitely puts a big hit in his draft stock. So, I mean, we're, we're at a wait and see right now. I have no problem ranking him number two, but you know, between Adams and Diggs, gun to my head today, I'm taking Diggs. but you know, if Rogers ends up suiting up for the Packers, uh, that would make me rethink things just a little bit. We, we get into tier two and wide receivers become, you just start seeing receivers fly off the board, come second round all the way through the rest of your draft, basically. Tier two, more options here, four through eight. Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Justin Jefferson in that order. Um, Calvin's the new man, new man in charge, no more Julio there. Calvin's a stud, let's get that right. Um, Has some injury concerns. And Matt Ryan concerns. Matt Ryan's clearly regressing, does, is not very mobile. He's hit often. They are down a lot. That's one of those teams that you know they're going to have to put up a lot of points. Does Matt Ryan still have the arm for it? And now have Kyle Pitts there, who I think can add and help take some of the pressure off of Calvin Ridley, doing the opposite argument I did for Stephon Diggs. Um, and then you got a loaded class behind him. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, to me, is the best pure receiver in football the best hands in football. Why I, His drop-off 
not doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me here. Um, DK Metcalf is even sliding on boards right now. Um, a guy who also was taken late in the draft last year, a guy who came in a league with just raw talent. People thought he could run in a straight line. DK Metcalf was a monster last year. Eight touchdowns, eight yards. It was just he eight he, yards. He only had eight yards. He was eating eight a t e. Oh, <laughs> but all, I was like, <laughs> put put the put the Zeke into it. Um, gotcha. But AJ Brown. I said the Julio AJ Brown dynamics can be interesting. There's only one football. I think that's when you have two high level receivers like that. I know it, it creates less double teams, but I the ball the amount of targets I think will be adjusted. And then Justin Jefferson, I think should be higher on this list. I think Justin Jefferson is an absolute savage. I think he's the best in this tier um, in terms of potential fantasy points. I would usually go with a Hopkins or a Metcalf, but with Justin Jefferson proving what he did last year, boy, oh boy, is he a fun receiver. Um, I would hope to nab him in the third round, but I don't think, I don't think any of these tier two make it past the second round. And I could be wrong, but that's why you guys get to speak on it now. Um, I, I don't know if Wits you were waiting for me or not, but, um, yeah, I don't, they're, Julio Jones scares me just cause, um, Ryan Tannehill throwing in the ball, uh, DK Metcalf, another guy that scares me. I don't know why he just always scares me just drafting him and having a guy who shares the field with his favorite, with Russell Wilson's favorite target of all time. Um, I don't know. All, all signs in that tier point to Justin Jefferson. I think it, you you said I got him in the tenth round last year, Ethan. I know I got him late. I didn't know how late it was. That guy was incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. And they're they're saying he's only getting better too. So I think I I think it's uh it's an easy pick for me, Justin Jefferson, out of all those guys for sure. If I can if yeah, I don't think he'll he'll make it past the second round, Ethan. I don't think so either. Wits, these tier two guys, what are you what's going through your mind? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with both of you guys on the, the Jefferson side of things. And one of the things that I really like about Justin Jefferson is he caught seven touchdowns as a rookie last year. You look at the other side of the ball, Adam Thielen hauled in fourteen touchdowns last year. So something tells me that Adam Thielen is not going to catch 14 touchdowns again. And, you know, (laughs) if they they split that, you know, and go 10 or 11 each, I mean, that just makes Justin Jefferson that much more valuable. Um, And I think that's one of the things I love about Adam Thielen. He's, He's a great red zone target. But I think the theme of this second class here is, you know, which one of the combo wide receivers is going to outperform the other. I mean, you've got Jefferson and Thielen in Minnesota. You've got Metcalf and Lockett in Seattle. You've got Julio mm. and A. Brown in Tennessee. So I think that's going to be the story of a lot of fantasy football teams this year is, is who's going to take the right guy out of the two. And you're looking at – A little disrespect like, there. I think that's a little disrespect towards Metcalf. Lockett's good, and Lockett – plays a role on that team, but I don't think he takes away the targets Metcalf gets or the big play potential Metcalf has every play. I mean, Ethan, I, I hear your point, but I have to agree with Xander on that one too. I th- that's who I'm, who I said by Russell Wilson's like all time favorite target. I mean, you want to talk about big play potential Tyler Lockett 
also caught 10 touchdown passes like year last year, uh, just the same amount as DK Metcalf. So in terms of big play threats, I know they have two yeah, but different you, types. You average yards of those touchdowns, I think you that you want to talk about big play potential. It's easy to get a one-yard touchdown, and that only counts as six fantasy points, but you get the 64-yard touchdown like Metcalf. It's a 12-point play for your fantasy team. All right. Regardless, Tyler Lockett had 100 catches, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns last year, but just semantics. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking at that second tier, A.J. Brown, I like him, but I'm not as high on him as the rankings would suggest. Just because, you know, you look at the addition of Julio, Derrick Henry being, I would say, the real focal point of that offense. I just don't see him producing at the, the wide receiver seven this year. And then, you know, a guy that you guys brought up earlier, Calvin Ridley, I think he's a superstar. And I think Julio leaving is, is only going to make things better for him. Um, the addition of Kyle Pitts, I think it's going to be a good dynamic there because he's the clear-cut number one. And then, you know, you look at Matt Ryan not really being as, as spry as he used to be, but I think he'll still be able to get the ball downfield um, to Calvin Ridley. And I think Calvin Ridley's probably going to have 130 or 140 targets this year. So, you know, in terms of opportunities, I like Ridley. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with taking Hopkins, but I think Ridley and Jefferson are my, my two key guys from that tier. I feel you. Tier three is a, is a sexy tier. Now, let me tell you, because – you've seen all the big names ahead. You got eight players ahead of there at this point, but look at some of the names that have fallen to this point, Michael Thomas in this group, you've got Keenan Allen who continually has been getting disrespect over the last two seasons. And this guy was an absolute monster. You can ask me because he was on my team at 147 targets last year, hundred receptions, eight touchdowns, nearly a thousand yards. Um, and that was battling through an injury he had at the end of the year with a rookie quarterback who might be one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league now. I think it only goes up for Keenan Allen. Um, and then you got the, like you said, then you got some battles in here because then you got the battles of Tampa. You got both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You've got Amari uh, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb on the same team. Here's Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, and Terry McLaurin in this. lot going on in tier three here. I think Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas lead off my favorites from this tier and guys that – I could catch myself stepping up and taking if I get a, a early pick and have an early pick in the third round. I think there's a lot of love to go around Michael Thomas, especially if James Winston's going to throw 40 interceptions along with 40 touchdown passes again. I'll let you take it, Wits. Yeah, so, Raza, I'm a little bit on the other side of you with Michael Thomas here, um, just because right now I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. You know, if it's going to be Jameis Winston, then Michael Thomas at the 10, I think that looks pretty appetizing, especially considering that, you know, he was a wide receiver one, you know, before last year getting hurt, I think the last two or three years before that. But you put a guy like Taysom Hill under center, I, I think that Michael Thomas's value takes a massive hit. Um, and then a little more of a similar theme in this tier three, you've got a lot of these great receivers bunched up on the same team. Um, guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, guys like CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. So, you know, looking at, I'll, I'll tackle the first issue here, Mike Evans, in terms of consistency, I think over the past six years, I, I, don't, I think you can make an argument that Mike Evans has been the most consistent receiver in football in terms of putting up a thousand yard seasons, 
uh, catching at least six touchdowns every year. So I don't think you can really go wrong there. Um, Chris Godwin dealt with some injuries last year, and I think was he was a real hot pick in front of Mike Evans, but I, I think I'd have to side with Evans in that one. And then looking at C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, I'm kind of questioning Lamb being ranked ahead of Cooper, especially when you look at the season he put up last year, 1,100 yards and five touchdowns for Cooper compared to, you know, 930 and five touchdowns for C.D. Lamb. You know, with Dak Prescott coming back, I really don't see why Cooper is ranked behind C.D. Lamb, but, you know, he is a little bit younger, a little bit more healthy, but I, I would lean Cooper in that scenario. And then looking at a guy we haven't really talked about much in the past, Terry McLaurin, um, in terms of talent, I think this guy is, is absolutely a top 10 talent at receiver. And with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick under center, if he's able to start 16 games, I mean, that could be a very, that could be a very fun offense to watch with Antonio Gibson, uh, Terry McLaurin. So, you know, he's a guy who I think could, could save a lot of seasons especially with not a lot of competition. I mean, you got Curtis Samuel as the second wideout in Washington. You got Logan Thomas at the tight end position. So Terry McLaurin, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, that's a fantasy guy that you love as a quarterback because he's always throwing the ball. So I think Terry McLaurin is, is interesting here. And uh, I'm, I'm just interested to see where he goes in a draft like ours. Amy. Um, well, one, I don't have nearly as much information in front of me as Andrew does, so this is going to sound extremely watered down compared to that, but, um, I, uh, I agree with a lot of what Xander said. Um, Alan, Alan Robinson, I've done the Alan Robinson song and dance the last two years, and it's great having a guy that consistent who just, I mean, all he does, well, when you have Darnell Mooney and you know, not many other options at wide receiver in Chicago. He's obviously going to get a lot of targets, a lot of attention. Um, but I think what's steering me away from that is not knowing what's going to happen with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. So um, I do – I can't believe that we are two years away from Michael Thomas having probably the best wide receiver season we've seen in a long time. So now he's a tier three wide receiver. And I think I do agree, Xander. A lot of it has to do with, you know, Taysom Hill being under quarterback and the, nobody throwing the ball. It's it's tough, but that is quite the slide to make. I don't know. I, out of all those guys, I, I, I do like – Xander, you, you make a good point with Terry McLaurin and Washington of how, you know, he, he is probably head and shoulders the best player they have on offense. So when you got a guy like uh, – Money, money, Fitzpatrick throwing you the ball. I think that that is a very appetizing, very, very um, interesting dynamic that that'll see we'll see play out. But um, yeah, I just don't have enough information for me. Hey, I don't remember the other, the other names. Uh, yeah, you're good, man. I mean, Allen Robinson. I knew you were gonna remember because you only see bare blue, but. That's a guy who's absolutely going to bust out this year because he's not going to have a single or a, a quarterback good enough to throw him the ball, regardless if it's Andy Dalton, the average rocket, or Justin Fields, the next trail prior. Um, oh so, my God! Get out of here! Get out! Get out of town! Get out of town! Um, tier four, 
a lot of wide receivers. If you came to the show, there was going to be a lot of wide receivers. DJ Moore leads off tier four, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham Jr., T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, the Wits Whisperer, and Cortland Sutton, Wits's mistress. Um, when I look at this tier, I see – I see something I like a little bit in Odell Beckham Jr. that I haven't liked in four years. A completely healthy Odell Beckham Jr., a revamped Cleveland Brown team. There's something to me that's whispering Odell, if he's at there at the right price, you're going to say, this sounds crazy. It's tier four. You might go earlier. But if I saw Odell Beckham in the fifth round, teetering back front end of a sixth round, if he gets there, might be the place where I'd want to snag him. Kenny Galladay. New system, Daniel Jones. He was hurt all of last year. Did have a gunslinger and Matt Stafford throwing him the ball when they were healthy, and that was when he was at his best. Um, we'll have to see if Daniel Jones now, given these weapons, is going to perform at a higher level. The interesting one to me, the one that Wits is very against me on, is I love Cooper Cup and Robert Woods here. They get Matt Stafford. I don't think there's anybody better at slinging the ball than Brett Favre and Matt Stafford, and Matt Stafford can absolutely sling it. So. I'm all in on that. Adam Thielen dropped down all the way to this tier. I don't know if it's age. I don't know what it is. Um, and there's some sneaky guys. I know that Wits, you're, you're going to be talking about. Tyler Lockett is one of the guys in this one as well. Um, so, Wits, I'll let you take off tier four here. And, uh, and we'll, what do you got to say about it? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the guys near the top that I don't think gets nearly enough credit for um, just the efficiency that he puts out there is DJ Moore. Uh, Carolina Panthers and looking at Sam Darnold coming over there this year Roz I mean as bad as he looked in New York there there really isn't any doubt in my mind that he does have the ability to put up you know 3,500 4,000 yards and I think DJ Moore is going to be um, it's going to be a big recipient of a lot of those yards I mean you look at DJ Moore Robbie Anderson I think this Carolina offense team in general is going to surprise some people. Um, I thought Matt Rule did a great job, all things considered, last year, even having Christian McCaffrey, you know, go down for, it seemed like the majority of the year. So I think DJ Moore is, I would say, not the sexiest name in that tier. But I mean, like you said, Roz, you've got Matt Stafford in LA now. You've got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who are another one of those tandems that, you know, any given game could pop off for 150, 200 yards. So I think they'll be solid. I mean, I'm not very high on Matt Stafford, but even even on a bad season, he could still chuck for 4,000 yards, no problem. Um, and then looking at a couple other guys, you were right, my OBJ feeling. I, I'm not a big fan, um, especially with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in that backfield. I, I think they're going to take a major step forward this year, um, which is hard to believe after the season they put together last year. But I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of running the ball in Cleveland. Um, I think they're going to be the best team in that division this year, even above the Ravens. And then looking at uh, a couple guys, you know, Cortland Sutton, just a year removed from being a top 15 wideout, you know, tore his ACL very early. I don't even think he played a game last year, um, but he's interesting, even with Drew Locke under center. And then a guy like Brandon Ayuk, um, interesting to see how they're going to use him in that San Francisco offense, but there's, there's no doubt that he's got a ton of talent. And in terms of a slot wide receiver, um, he could catch 100 passes this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. I just wonder about the touchdown production. But I think where he's slotted right now, Brandon Ayuk, uh, probably the sleeper of that tier for me. Tommy, let me know if you need any name 
Uh, yeah, could you just could you just read over the names again? DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham Jr., T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, and Cortland Sutton. Tier four. Um, so just after you rattling those off, just kind of the ones that pop out in my mind. Um, Adam Thielen being all the way down there. Uh, Wits, after you said he he caught what fourteen touchdowns last year. Yep. Um, that, that, that seems like a lot of value to me just because you never know with, obviously you hope Justin Jefferson is just as good as he was last year, but you know, Mike could have been a flash in the pan type season with him and, you know, Thielen comes back just as good as he was. You never know. That could be a lot of value down there in that, in that bottom tier. Um, Robert Woods too, also in, uh, for the Chargers, I I like you. You mean the Rams? Love, or yeah, the Rams. Sorry. Um, well, now that changes. Yeah, I don't know. With him, with Matt Stafford throwing him the ball, I don't know. That there's a lot that could happen. I don't know. I'm just gonna say that Adam Thielen really really gives me a little semi chub. That's fair. Get, I'm look just because we don't have time to go through every tier, and there's gonna be sleepers. That's what we're gonna do this segment. On. We're gonna do sleeper picks moving up. I just uh, there's some names I see in tiers like way low that are intriguing me. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is one of them in tier eight or tier six. Um, I'm looking at Jerry Judy, who again his stock will instantly rise if Aaron Rodgers is the option there. But I'm looking at the the Pittsburgh Steelers and Wits. I have to come to you for this. We got Deontay Johnson in tier four. We got Juju Smith-Schuster in five. We got Chase Claypool also in five. They're like a crowded running back backfield there. Yeah, this uh, this situation, Roz, is not really one that I want to dabble with. Um, if you're going to tell me one of those guys ends up in the top 15, I'm not going to be surprised at all, but I don't want to be the guy to make that decision. And you look at the dynamic of the Steelers' offense last year. I mean, Tr Chase Claypool was a really integral part, I think, of almost every game plan that they had, and it makes it really hard to draft a guy like Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith-Schuster because you really don't know who's going to be getting the ball. And um, I think I'm higher on Ben Roethlisberger than a lot of people out there, but it's tough, like you said, in kind of a wide receiver by committee, um, who's going to get the consistent opportunities because, you know, Juju's ranked as the third wide receiver there right now, but it was only a couple of years ago that he was being drafted in the second round. Deontay Johnson very talented guy, does struggle with drops from time to time. So I, I don't really want to play uh, play matchmaker and try to decide who's going to be the best one there. So it's a situation that I'm staying away from, but I do think one of those three guys is going to have a huge year. I just, I don't know which one. So I'm going to, I'm going to be staying away from that. Do you have any names you haven't heard, Thomas, that you're like, oh, it must be low. Any sleepers you're thinking of? I know you don't have any any sheets in front of you because you're that spectacular of a guest where you don't need a sheet in front of you. But uh, <laughs> any names on there? Um, interested to see where Darnell Mooney is. He is. You bear-loving piece of shit. He I will only, only because, okay, Allen Robinson is the only real threat, so he always seemed to have huge games last year. Darnell Mooney is in Tier 6. He's the 54th ranked wide receiver. Ahead of Henry Ruggs, I will I will say that. Um, that's not as surprising to me. Um, 
No, I don't know. I. It's just uh, there's. It seems as though wide receiver is the one position that we just keep seeing each year, just seeing different levels of of talent at wide receiver, and they just keep getting better and better and more freakishly athletic, and it's fun to watch. It's think of all think of how many good rece- receivers we just talked about from tier one down to tier four. That's it's incredible. No, it's it's Sorry. absolutely incredible. It's hard. Um, I'm just looking at this, trying to think of some sleepers for me. I mean, I wish there was good things to say about Michael Gallup, but he's not on a team where he's going to get the ball enough. I think I'm looking at one, DJ Shark. There's not a lot of love for Trevor Lawrence yet or what? Because he is very low on this list. Trevor Lawrence, one of the best passers coming out of college football in a long time. I don't think it'll take a long time for him to adjust. I think Shark is going to be an absolute awesome option for him moving forward. I think that's a guy to look at. Dude, what's your boy Boyd? I know that is getting way more crowded up there with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins and Chase ahead of Tyler Boyd on this ranking system. Pretty crazy to me. You've got Corey Davis with the New York Jets. You have to hope that one of them pans out. And one of these quarterbacks eventually pans out for the Jets. If not, he's going to be an absolute waste of space on a roster. I mean, maybe Zach Wilson will be able to chuck him the ball. Um, Marquise Brown, tough situation with Lamar Jackson, not really showcasing the passing ability that we'd hope. Do you got any sleepers down here, Wits? And give me your bust, too, while you're at it. Yeah, well, I think one guy to look at is uh, probably my favorite player in college football last year was Devonta Smith uh, coming out of Alabama. You look at the situation that he comes into this year, immediately slotted into the number one wideout spot with Philadelphia. And, you know, for, for somebody who's very high on Jalen Hurts, I mean, I've got to be high on some of his wide receivers. And I think Devonta Smith um, is going to slot in very nicely there. I mean, you've got a couple other guys who showed some flashes from time to time. Jalen Rieger, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward. Um, but in terms of a guy who I think could have a 100-catch season his rookie year, Devonta Smith is one of those guys down there for me. And then, you know, looking at another guy that I really like this year would be Jamar Chase. Um, I know I'm really high on the Tyler Boyd train, but, you know, in terms of a weapon on the outside, I know T. Higgins is there, but I think Tyler Boyd takes a little bit of a step back. I think he's a great piece in that offense as a slot wide receiver, but I think he immediately moves to the number three there. And T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, they're both great, but I, I think Chase has a has an excellent rookie year. Um, getting the ball thrown to him by a former teammate in Joe Burrow, who, you know, he had the torn ACL last year, but I think he's going to come back, have a very nice season. So Jamar Chase would be a guy that I'd be looking for, um, who's, you know, down there between 30 and 35. So you could probably look at him in the, you know, the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, I mean, do you have any busts at this time too? Oof, I you bust after Xander. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you brought up my arch nemesis, Michael Gallup. Uh, one of the most frustrating fantasy picks, um, and I say picks because I've taken him, I think, four out of five years. Just not not enough room to go around in Dallas, so I was really hoping he got traded last year, but he's a really tough guy to take. Um, you know, in terms of a, a guy who's really talented, but I just don't know if I see that offense clicking, would be Devontae Parker on Miami. Um, Tua, he's one of the guys that I'm pretty low on this year. I just, I didn't really see that much from him in his rookie year that would make me think 
that I want to own, you know, any part of this Miami offense. So it, as talented as Devontae Parker is, and it's, you know, as good of the games as he put up with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't see the same level of output with Tua this year. So I think even at 46, uh, he might just be a little bit too high here. So I'm, I'm going to label him as one of my busts, but you know, it's hard to call a guy a bust ranked uh, near the 50th spot. But Devontae Parker, I think, is going to underperform his uh, draft position this year. Very fair. I'm on the A.J. Brown's going to tick down for sure. I think um, D.J. Moore, I think Robbie Anderson's going to get all the targets there. Plus, they are drafted Terrence Marshall Jr. I don't think D.J. Moore was as consistent as you were talking about. Um, I think everybody in the Tampa Bay wide receiver system is going to have a down year. Those are kind of along the line of my bus. Um, it's a lot of receivers we just talked about. I mean – Hang on, I got two bu- I got two bucks you, for you. Yeah, rip them. Uh, Devontae Adams and Julio <laughs> Jones. Oh, that's cute, man. Super, super cute, man. I can't wait to see the Bears go 6-11. and 11. Um, That yeah. has nothing to do with the Bears. That comment I just made had nothing to do with the Bears. Absolutely nothing. Excited to see the Bears go 6-11. and 11. Um, <laughs> Consider drafting a quarterback next year as well. Let it be the UNC kid who absolutely sucks, in my opinion. I mean, none of these guys coming out next year are going to be NFL-ready quarterbacks. Um, That's why we we don't have to worry about it. Nice. We'll see. We'll see what the Bears are doing because you really never know. Um, And then uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, that's pretty much a wrap on that. I got no other outside news other than Jerry Jones said, I would do anything to make Super Bowl – 56 to which I say to myself I would do anything to see the Packers make the Super Bowl 56 so Jerry Jones great great quote there sell the team if you have to but I think your time is none um any last I think there's a lot of people who uh who would do anything to make the Super Bowl I agree I absolutely agree and I don't think Jerry Jones does enough I think he actually does everything in the wrong direction but Thomas final thoughts today any could be anything you can tell us about bringing a date to your softball game you can tell us about what you're doing at work what you're doing at work I did not bring a date to my softball game um about being vaccinated are you vaccinated I am vaccinated nice final uh, thoughts Tom final thoughts Tom could be all across the board no, it's good talk to you guys. Um, I've been eating like absolute shit lately. Which Me and Wits are on the other train, man. You, you, and you're the one who texted us on last weekend, being like, "We need to get in the straight and narrow." I've been to the gym every day this week. I have too. You can't I be just can't. Like shit. I just can't. I can't just can't. Like you can't outrun a bad diet, Wit. You cannot. That's a great thing to part on right there, Wits. Final thoughts for this week's episode. Um. Congratulations to Giannis and the Bucks. Great to see. My final thought. This has been the opening line with your hosts, Wits and Ross. Thomas, our special guest today. Thank you so much. Catch us on the airwaves. We'll see you next week, everybody, when we talk tight ends, which if you don't get Kelsey, you're pretty much fucked. Have a great weekend. Drink some beers for you guys. Peace.
she gon' hit you with every pay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't wanna stick around, believe me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube